if you have something going on, you know, like a one eye or, you know, a one leg or someone, just basically someone tell you, no, don't take no for an answer. Guys, today we're joined by a bantamweight of the MMA world, Dre Miley. I'm a big fan of his work. I'm a big fan of his story. And hey, man, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Share a little bit of your time with us. Uh, how's everything? Everything's good. You know, um, training's going really well. I've been training a lot here recently. Been doing a lot of wrestling at the kids at uh, Bearden here locally in Knoxville. So everything's going good. We're getting ready for, we're getting ready for state and ready to put it to them. So that's what I just got done doing. So that's why I was late to the uh, our interview. So but yeah, yeah man, no worries. Yeah, yeah, it's we all know how it goes. It gets busy now during fight time and all that. I'm sure you got a lot of stuff to do. Um, and I was curious in asking you, man, sort of how how has everything been? Has it just sort of been pedal to the metal lately in your life? Has been, you know, grinding nonstop? Yeah, it's been a nonstop go, which is it's good for me because if I sit still too long, I go start going crazy. So yeah. it's been a great thing to do that, you know, keeping me busy and wrestling with the kids and you know, coaching them, helping them in their own journeys and then coming back to the gym and helping out over here, helping out other up and coming fighters and getting my own training in. So it's it's been pedal to the metal. So looking forward to this. For sure, man. I usually I like to just get right into it, speak about fights, whatnot. But I got to say, I'm a big fan of your story. I'm a big fan of anyone in life that's ever had to overcome any type of adversity, especially someone who makes something out of themselves preceding that um your story is amazing for those who don't know you're obviously a very good mma fighter what makes it even better of course is you've been able to again overcome so much while being a fighter which is so impressive so i'd like to ask you man for those who don't know would you be able to sort of tell us about how this whole hap how this whole journey sort of started for you i think it was back in 2009 right it was an incident that happened would you be able to if you don't mind talk a little bit about that yeah so back in 2009 in January, I had a car wreck. I was riding a friend of mine and my little cousin and my uh, old friend of mine's brother. And you know, he was he was not paying attention to the road. He swerved and hit a tree. And the only reason why I got cut is because I kept two of the backseat people, which happened to be my little cousin and the little brother, from flying into the uh, dashboard. So when I caught them using my left hand and I turned to my left, it my eye just went straight to the dashboard. And it cut it back to front. Um, but that's how the wreck happened. After that, you know, I was pretty pretty deep into uh, football. I had scholarships, I had offers and stuff like that. I was going to camps regularly. And once that happened, everything just fell apart. And I was like, I don't want to do anything else. I went to deep motor depression, didn't want to do anything. And it wasn't until, you know, pushing from my family was like, hey, you need to go out and do something. And you know, looking up and finding UFC on TV, I was like, this looks fun. Because, you know, grew up fighting with your cousins. And, you know, you always grew up roughhousing. That's what we did on a normal basis. We're always quick to fight. Um, and I stumbled onto the gym after Googling it. And then the rest is history. I've been training here for about going on 14 years now. So I started when I was 18 and I'm 31 now. So it's been it's been a journey. It really has. It's it's been pretty cool. Never thought at this point that I would be as deep as I am now. So, wow, incredible! And when did and when did this happen? How old were you? You were like nineteen, eighteen. I was seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. 
17, it happened. I turned 18. I had that shutdown period. About 18 years old, I had stumbled into the gym. I also had my first child at that point. You know, it was, it was a lot going on that year. I had, I went to college for a little bit, came back home because it wasn't ready for me. Like I went through a lot within that, within that two year span of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So. And I'm, I'm sure it's not an easy thing for such a young man to overcome. Right. I mean, what would you say are some of the things that helped you get past that? Because I mean, I would think that without just by doing nothing, that's not something that's, that's, that you could really overcome mentally, right? That's something you got to work at every day, I would imagine, right? So, you know, what were some of the things, I guess MMA, I'm sure it was a big one, but was it family? Was it friends? Was it like reassurance, motivation from people? Like, what were the things that that really put the train back on the tracks in terms of your life and goals and all that? It was, it was my family. It was my, my coaching here. You know, I've been with, you know, Eric for like 13 years and he was one yeah. that was like, really keen on me doing this like you can go pretty far you know optimism is something that I needed at that point and I was motivated and also I get motivated by people being negative towards me like I'm that point to where and in my family we're all like that I have to prove you wrong so the fact that you said I could do it I'm like cool I'm on board with it and it didn't really start kicking into high gear until you know state of Tennessee told me I couldn't fight as a pro and I'd already had at least a few amateur fights at that point. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I even fought for Tennessee. And it was like, no, you can't fight. And then next thing you know, my coach was like, keep pushing. We're going to make this happen. So, like, having that constant chip on your shoulder was like, okay, I'm going to show you that I can do it. And that I'm still having that chip on my shoulder, which, you know, feeds into every single fight that I go into. Do you think that's your biggest motivating factor? Like, oh, yeah, they think I'm a one-eyed fighter, like, keep thinking that like i'm going to show you is that is that like number one for you or are there other things that sort of light the fire even more uh that's probably the number one thing is like the fact that everybody's going to come to that side and i invite people to go and say oh, if you want to come on this way and then as it got that's always going to be number one and also i just i have to i have to prove people wrong period you know even before the accident i wasn't it was in your nature already it was already in my nature because, you know, I was always the smallest. I was never, you know, the biggest guy out there. wasn't the strongest guy. I was the fastest guy. But everybody was like, oh, you know, you couldn't do anything. So I always constantly had that proven my point, you know. I can remember being in school with my mom, you know, and I would come home and tell her, mom, this dude's picking on me. Mom, this dude's picking on me. And she's like, I'm not going to raise a punk. So you're going to you're gonna have to defend yourself. Either you defend yourself or – you come home and me and you got problems. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not fighting my mom, so I'm going to handle this. So I I can remember getting in school fights all the time. You know, well, I would never pick them, but I would always be there to finish them. So it's always been a chip. And coming home some summers with my cousins, they would try to pick fights at me. So, And I was always going to shut fights down. So it, it's one of those things that's always built into you. I have to prove myself no matter where it goes. So. I've heard you say before that everything happens for a reason. And I can appreciate that because I, I like to think everything happens for a reason as well, right? Like there's a reason for why it happened. It was either a learning lesson or something that had to happen for you to overcome it. Um, is that part of it? Does that sort of tie in with it? Right. Cause you said it happened for a reason. I mean, would you be where you are if you don't have this chip on your shoulder? Like it, 
if you don't have that fire of people constantly, because I would imagine, here's the thing, if that incident doesn't happen, you're not going to have as much people doubting you. The people are going to say, oh, look, well, he's, you know, he's an MMA fighter and we'll see what happens, right? But I'm sure with that, you know, there's always going to be doubters out there no matter what. So is it almost, is that sort of what it is? Is that what the good that came out of? Is that the reason why it happened, you think, or one of the main reasons? Like, I needed this chip on my shoulder. I think it is not necessarily something from me. I think it's something, and I'm very, you know, very not very religious, but I'm a big believer in God. And, you know, I, I talk with God, I pray with him, and I have a good relationship, I study, all that stuff. I do believe that God made it to where I, I was appointed to it. Like, he made it to where I have to make you different than everybody else. Because realize that you are the same, that you have a bunch of them. So God has to put something there to see how bad of a person you can be. Like how, what, like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. God gives us, you know, the, the hard battles to the strongest people. Yeah. And one of those things is that I have to give this to you because you look through the good book, you know, there's always somebody that's going through some hard times and they always persevere through it. So that's what I believe. I believe God did it for a reason you know he had a had he has reasons to why he does and i never questioned it and there was a time in my life where i questioned like why did i lose my why did i do this and then my coach put in perspective was like that's what god wanted god wanted you to live this uh, travelous path because somebody needed something you know somebody needed that push they needed something so that's just what it is i just believe that that's how that's what my purpose in life is is just to prove people wrong and i think that came from god and you did say it was a dark period right after it happened. So it didn't happen immediately. You didn't come to this realization overnight after the incident, right? And this is my last question on this before we move into the MMA stuff. Um, how long did it take you to realize this? Was it when you was it when you turned 18, you started going into the gym? Was it a little bit later after that? When did you realize, like, hey, this happened because it needed to happen? Uh, for about three years ago. <laughs> really? So about barely years recently. Ago. I did a lot of shadow work, you know, my coach, he's a mentor. He's a, he's a wonderful human being. You know, Eric does a lot of things for us fighters, not just for you know, teaching techniques, but teaching us how to be better people. And for years I was battling myself. It's like, I don't know why I'm shooting myself in the foot. I don't know why I'm doing this. And so sitting down with him and talking with him it made it click. I was like, Oh snap. I am fighting with myself. I don't know why. It's like, I'm, it's like me wrestling, wrestling with something that I don't need to wrestle with. So it's it's that type of thing. It took three or four years, but like, oh, okay, it's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to live this path, you know, and you're supposed to inspire people. You're supposed to draw people near and so on and so forth. So that's what I think. That's what I believe it is. For sure, man. And you have, do you have children? I do. I have three boys, three boys. I'm sure they could see what you've been able to do and say, hey, man, that's a hell of a story, you know, it's a hell of, it's a, hell of a story written by my father. You know, maybe I could – uh try to do the same one day, you know, be, you know, be the best I could be. So I think there's a lot of good things that come out of it. That's why we, I like to touch on the, uh, everything happens for a reason factor. I feel like we've already figured, I've already been able to make up two big reasons why it happened. And, uh, I'm glad that, you know, you've been able to overcome it and, uh, look where you are today, man. Right. It's, it's a great thing to see. I'm so happy for you. Um, now, listen, speaking of MMA, because I did say we were going to get into that, and that's what we like to talk about on this channel. Uh, I right. saw that you had a fight, uh, David Lewis. Uh, how the preparation been going, man? We're, what are we, like, over two, a little over two weeks away? We're pretty close. So how are you feeling? Yeah. 
I just just another day at the office, you know. I I don't know what fight camp is, put it that way. Because you're always training, you're always doing things, you're always pushing the always pushing. I'm always grinding, I'm always doing something. So I'm not necessarily in fight camp. I've been plugging along, I've been sharpening my tools. It's just now I have a person to actually try these things out on, you know, and this guy is a guy that I've known for years, you know. We've trained with each other before and we sparred with each other before as one of those weird things. You know, it happens. You fight the guy that, you know, at one point was your friend. Sometimes you fight your friends. Um, this guy is just, I don't know what it is. The best way I can explain to what he is, it's like an old flame that refuses to let it go. Like they refuse to move on. They refuse to let things go. So basically he dogged out my teammates while we're cool. So while we're friends, he dogged out my teammates. He dogged out my coach. And I was like, dude, we're friends. Like, you do know I train with these guys. Like, I, you do know that this is who I'm with all the time. And, you know, he said some things and I said some things and he was wanting to fight me then. I was like, it's not worth fighting over. It's just words. Just like, you're an idiot. I'm done being friends with you. Then a few years later, here we are getting ready to fight this, you know, idiot. And, you know, he's been all over social media talking nonsense. You know, I just I'm ready to beat him up, ready to beat him up. So I'm hoping and praying for his sake. And I never really do this. Hoping and praying for his sake that Bellator does call, because if I do get in there with him, it's not going to be an enjoyable time for him. So it's it's getting to a point where it's annoying with with him. Yeah. And I, we're going to talk about the Bellator thing, but I want to ask because I was, I, to be fair, I wasn't aware of this because I mean, full transparency, I kind of like to, you know, learn about these things about the fighter myself. Like I don't want to watch past interviews about you and then learn that and already know it. And then ask you questions that I already know. I, I kind of like to figure it out here, right. React here sort of firsthand. So I didn't know that. Right. I mean, when that happened, right. When the whole, I guess, beef happened between you guys, did, was it ever a thought in your head when you left? Like, I might fight this guy one day and I'll really enjoy it. Like, has that ever crossed your mind at all? Or were you just like, nah, screw him. That's it. I put him in my rear mirror. I was like, I'm done with him. Like, there's nothing for me to even consider fighting. He's like, at that point, you know, I was, you know, fighting top people at that time. It's like, I had just finished. I believe I just was getting ready to fight Jose Johnson. And I was like, why am I going to, I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm fighting UFC guys right now try and get to that level and you're you're still at two and three you're you're you've been in the game longer than me and you can't fight because you can't make weight so at that point i was like i'm done with it and then when my coach you know uh i said i was like hey you gonna fight this guy because the guy before him said no so it's gonna put that out there uh and i was like all right, I guess I got to fight him. You know, I was thrilled that I get a fight, but at the same time, I'm like, I know this is going to be one of those headache type things where I have to deal with somebody that's, you know, dumb. But no, it's, it's, it's crazy. It really is. I never thought I'd be fighting him because it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, Bellator is where I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get that Bellator fight. So if I need a tune-up fight in between then and he fits the bill, like, there we go. But you are surprised. You're like, you didn't expect to face him, right? Based on, because you said you had him in the rear view. You said that, you know, you were facing UFC caliber guys already, sort of almost indicating he's almost, you feel like he's not at your level, right? I could almost sense it. And I don't, that's not a slight or anything, but you just feel like you've been facing better guys. You feel like you're a better fighter at this point. So was it a surprise? You're like, I got to fight this guy. Like, was it any, was there any of that? 
I laughed whenever it happened. Like I instantly started laughing. I was like, no way. And then he's like, here's the picture. I was like, son of a gun. I was like, all right. I, I couldn't help yeah. it because I know the times that me and him have sparred and another teammate of mine, we would, you know, we would round robin because we're all the same weight. Me and my teammate had our way with him to the point where he was gassing and we were just laughing and cutting up to the point where me and my, me and my teammate were having conversations in the middle of sparring. So for him to be like, Oh, I'm going to beat you up. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, you couldn't do it out of the three times you came here. And at the, this time he was, you know, at least two, three pro fights in, and I was just getting my feet wet in pro sparring or pro uh, fighting. I think he had at least two, three. I had, I was going on my second, second pro fight. I was like, you like, no. And then here we are, you know, I'm 16 fights deep and you're still at five. So someone clearly has more combat experience than you do. And it's not, it's not smart. So I mean, is it fair to say that you're not expecting the hardest of nights? Then, have you been in there with this guy? Have you, you know, you, you know, you and your other training partner, you said you sort of maybe had your way with him. Are you, maybe you're not expect? All right, let me ask you this then. Maybe you're not expecting the hardest fight ever, but is the pedal still all the way down on the gas? Like, are you still training as hard as ever for this fight? Yeah, I'm still training hard for any fight. I don't care who it is. I make light of, you know, with my words saying that, oh, well, I'm only fighting this guy, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm still training hard because I cannot underperform myself and my previous fights. So I also have that thing where I have to outperform myself every fight that I get into. So I have to outdo this last one. So that's exactly what it is. I have to outdo myself and I'm training, I'm doing things, I'm trying to do everything as close to, you know, as close to perfect as possible. So no. And you know, it's a fight. It's a fight. Do I think he's on my level? No. But do I think he's the most dangerous person I fought? Yes. And I'm really? not saying, okay. I don't think he's skill wise. No, by no means technique wise. He's not the most dangerous person. I do know that he's the most dangerous person because he has nothing to lose and he has everything to gain. So that, you know, kind of adds pressure, but then it doesn't because it gets me excited. And I'm like, okay, now I have to really be on my P's and Q's. So is he the most dangerous fighter that I face? No. Is he the most, you know, crazy one? Yeah, absolutely. Because he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And those are usually the ones that get people out of there. So I train hard. I prepare like I'm preparing to fight, you know, you know, in Bellator. I'm training like I was going on the contingency series. I'm training hard. So, no, preparation doesn't change no matter who's on the bill. That's interesting. And what I kind of like about what you just said is you almost seem to find new forms of motivation to get you up for the fight, right? Like you're saying, oh, I need to be better than I was the last fight. This guy's dangerous. He's a dangerous fighter, and that makes him a threat. I like how you're, you know, you're sort of, keeping yourself level-headed like hey man still a fight there's still things on the line here so i could appreciate that because it seems like a lot of fighters nowadays they look ahead too much and so i just you know anytime you see somebody that's in the moment not worrying about big opportunities ahead that's good you always like to hear that so let's talk about bellator man before we wrap this up i see i guess what's sort of the deal there have you have you because i know you said you're waiting on the bellator thing to see how it plays out and I saw a picture where you signed like a contract. So have you signed? Have you not signed? Like, what's the deal there? So I've signed. Uh, my Bellator debut was supposed to be against was supposed to be against Lucas Brennan, 
Okay. But something happened in the Connecticut Athletic Commission, and they wasn't absolutely clear. So I really can't comment on what happened. All I know is that some paperwork got misshuffled or someone misread something or something happened. Uh, but Bellator still honors the contract. They're like, you still have two fights. We're going to keep you under contract. We're going to give you a chance because – I did everything to the book. Like as they asked for medicals, my medical, as soon as the contract was signed, my medicals was turned in the next two days. Like it was that fast. Um, blood work, all that was done. It was like, that's very professional. So we're going to try to, we're going to keep you on, try to find people. So what I'm doing now with post and everything is picking, picking fights and I'm poking bears, you know, I've had Lugo or Jordan L. Lugo say that he's ready to fight. Me and him has been talking back and forth for at least a year or so. I've been trying to get this fight for about almost two years now. So he's down. And, you know, C.J. Hamilton is another guy who came up around here. We fought on the same card. He was the main event, and I was, like, one of the lower fights. But I've seen him fight forever. And, you know, I was like, I would like to mix it up with him. And, you know, I've called out other Bellator people. I've called out Cass Bell. Cass Bell said he's down, you know. All I want is just that opportunity to get in that Bellator cage, beat somebody up, and get paid for it, and then show people around the world that if you have something going on, you know, like a one eye or, you know, a one leg or someone, just basically someone tell you no, don't take no for an answer. That just, this is basically what it is. That's what my ultimate goal is. Would I like to be world champion? Yeah, absolutely. That means I have to kick it in high gear, but I have to get there first, so... Let me ask you this. Do you feel like you've, you're winning already? The fact that you just did what you said, right? You're doing things that a lot of people probably didn't even think was possible. Like, is that already a win in your book, regardless of you being a world champion or not? Cause I would feel some assurance laying my head on the pillow at night, knowing that I, I went for it, no matter what the circumstances were. And I feel like that's what you're doing. Yeah. I feel like being a world champion is, is good, but at the same time, like you said, that inspiration to younger people, to the younger generation, to the people that's been told no, that is more important. Being that's that, louder for sure. Yeah, because I don't could I do it? Yes, I could totally do it. But at the end of the day, looking back, I was like, if I make it, that's just all that matters. I got signed. That's the happiest day, one of the happiest days of my life. And then just getting there to fight would be just another one. And it's just small victories at that point, you know? Yeah. So I was happy when I saw that. Cause I think you deserve it, man. I think you're every bit as talented to be signed by Bellator and compete in Bellator. And I'm excited to see, um, to see what happens. So the names you picked out, I mean, you're picking out specific names, right? Like you're not just saying I'll take anybody. What is it about those names? Is it that you, you appreciate their talent? You want to test yourself in there? They're the guys that I'm eventually at the run to, um cj i was hoping to fight cj on the regional circuit that didn't happen uh cas bell i've watched cas bell he's had like five pro fights and yeah. i'm like i'm 15 plus fights in like how's he getting a shot like and watching him I was like i would wrestle you to death like you wouldn't get none of that stuff on me and then lugo i think me and lugo would be another jose johnson fight it would oh, be, be a great fight yeah and we're both for it and we both had the same build same type of things that we like to do I've even called out Jalen Bates, and Jalen Bates will not. He's even said, no, he doesn't want to fight me. So he's he said it. I've, I posted the picture of it. He's like, no, I don't want to fight you. I was like, you know, I'm calling out specific people that are close to my record. Hell, I've even called out James Gallagher, and he's not responding back okay, to Okay, so it. that's what it is. You want guys in Bellator's similar record to you? Wait, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. But like, hey, Danny Sabatello or Louis right, Leon, yeah. at your mix. I'm gonna fight you guys because then it looks real unrealistic. I'm going for guys that are like, you're not cracked the top ten yet. You're you're just scratching by. You're hoping for it. You give me one of those guys. You know, let me get one of those dudes in there. I'll gladly mix it up. You know, Bryce Meredith. He just got signed. He's a 35er. Oh yeah, he's a. I would love to fight him too. I mean, it's really anybody in Bellator. I'm just ready to suit up and just like, all right, let's go to war. So I was ready to fight Lucas Brennan, and Lucas Brennan's a big old dude. But oh, he's then, a beast, yeah, yeah. But then, like, they did a poll on that, and people were doing polls, were saying that I was going to beat him. So I mean, there has to have some kind of merit. I was in there saying, well, this dude is actually pretty good. So, you know, the good Lord upstairs knows what he's doing, and I'd have to trust in his judgment as well as touching my trusting my coach's judgment. At the same time, I'm I'm not gonna stop making noise. So, hey man, listen, you're not you wanna. You don't want to just get thrown into the deep end. I appreciate it. But what I also appreciate is you're not just calling out some, you know, some like you're calling out some dogs now. So I do appreciate that. You want to get your hands dirty. So I think uh, I think that's respectable. Right. You're not looking for like you are looking for fights to make sense, but you're not asking for an easy ticket here. Right. You're going to fight uh-huh. who you're going to fight. Right. Yeah, because the way I look at it, you're a direct competition. If I need to get closer to the ultimate goal, which is get ranked and get to that title shot, I have to beat the people ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I can't just be fighting people that's entry level. I can't be fighting here. I have to test myself against the best. I have to see how good I am. I have to see where do I fit at on that totem pole. And I believe that I'm a ranked guy. I believe 100%. I could be top 10 guy in Bellator. I wholeheartedly believe that. It's just I need Bellator to believe it. You know, I'm not sliding no Bellator fighter. I'm not sliding Lugo. I'm not sliding Hamilton. None of those guys. I believe in myself more than I believe in anything else. So that's just how I got to go. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, Dre, we really appreciate the time and ask you a couple more questions so we don't take up too much of your time. But thanks for coming on the show again, man. Um, yeah. So let, let me ask you. Um, I see Bellator even before you got signed. It's, it seems like there was there was a lot of interest, right? What is it about Bellator that was intriguing to you, that was appealing to you? Do you like the way that they run things? What is it about them? When my buddy, James, James Adcock, when he went there, we went there twice for him. And it's, it's how they ran everything. And it was – they didn't necessarily give you, like – you're an undercard guy and we treat you this certain way and then they have their stars and then you know they treat their stars a certain way it was like everybody gets treated just the same way no matter where you are on the card they treated everybody like they were superstars you know they treated everybody like that you know and i'm just the corner man at that time and they were having conversations with me asking me how i was doing if i needed anything blah 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 if you know it, it was it's just nice you know coming to that and like man, this is really nice. This just feels like just like I'm at home. Yeah. And, you know, UFC is more so like, well, can you move the needle for us? It's like, well, no. Well, then you can't fight for us. It's like, that's stupid. Why do I have to, you know, why do I have to give it another interview to get to your company? And Bellator is like, hey, your interview is fighting. Can you sell for it? Sure. But we're more concerned about you fighting. That's what really kicked me for Bellator. The fact that it's like a family and they care about their people. And that's that's ultimately what won, won me over. So you wanted to go to a place where you feel like what's going to move you up the ladder more so is your actual skill as opposed to how viral you go, right? Pretty much. Yeah, because and there's a lot of people who got signed by UFC here recently that they're just not good. 
you know what? Not- I got it. There's a couple of names that I'm not going to lie. I looked at them like, ah, I don't know about that one. There's a lot of guys where I'm like, you <laughs> do not belong in the UFC because I would trash you. That's just how it goes, you know. Yeah. Um, I fought guys that fought, they were in the UFC. I've, you know, I've trained with guys that's been in the UFC. And there's people that's on that ultimate fight right now that I've trained with and, like, they had nothing for me. So I was just like, come on, man. I, there's not much you can say to me anymore. You know, that's that's an ultimate con- just overconfidence thing for me. So that's just how it goes. I would much rather my skills be shining than something crazy I did online. Because now you have to live up to the expectation every single time. Hey, man, I can't knock that. I do. I think that's a pretty logical way to look at it, honestly. Especially someone in your position, I think that's I think that's a smart way to go about it. Um, last question. All the fans of yours out there that appreciate you as the fighter, that appreciate your story as well, much as I do. Um, any messages, man? Like, what, what can we expect for your MMA future? Because there's a lot of upcoming stuff that seems exciting. Uh, just stay watching, you know, I don't know what God has planned, but you know, God clearly has something big planned and now I'm sitting in a seat where I don't know where I'm going, but I'm trusting wholeheartedly. So I would just say, just keep watching. Hopefully you see me in Bellator. I'm trying to get on that Hawaii card. I'm trying my best. I'm doing the best I can. I'm sharing, I'm poking, I'm doing things. So I just say, just keep watching the page and keep supporting me. Keep sharing my posts if you're doing that. And if you're not sharing my posts, please go share it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Help me help you. So There it is, man. Hey, let me, let me, uh, you know, pinch the arm of Bellator a little bit. Like, come on, man, get this guy on a card. Let's see him in action. He's ready to go. He's fired up. He's ready to take out some guys. So let's see it. I'm a fan of his and a lot of people are. So, you know, that's just a little message for me to Bellator. Now, as back to you, my friend, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing uh, the time with us. I'm sure you're a busy man. You got a fight coming up. We're going to wish you the best of luck in that one, and uh, we're looking forward to watching it. All right, man. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate this. Absolutely. All right, Dre, take care. See you, man.